0: Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 54 degrees and sunny here at 309 on this Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Lots going on today. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com, and we appreciate them for sponsoring the Rob O'Donnell show this and every day. So, uh, a lot's going on. We have some breaking news now that uh, special counsel in the Biden classified documents case will not be filing charges, but it does state that he willfully retained documents and he willfully disclosed classified material as a private citizen but no criminal charges are warranted. Now I've been digging into some of what's being said now. Again, this is just breaking as I walked in the studio. Um there were some statements about when this could go to trial. It would be after Biden uh, was not president any longer. It would be hard to convince a jury based on the fact that basically he was a forgetful old man at that time, so no charges will be filed. Um, Trying to get some updated information here, but that's basically the gist of the case at this point that I can bring you. Again, I'm watching what's flashing across the, the, the screen, and some of it, Uh, kind of really talked about his mental status if he were to go to trial uh, and when that would be. So no jury would, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, it would be hard to prove that uh, willfulness there based on his age and forgetfulness and such like that. That's what I'm getting from what's flashing across my screen now, but the bottom line is the special counsel will not be filing criminal charges but does state that he willfully retained the documents and did willfully uh, transmit classified documents as a civilian and should not be in possession of them. So that's what we have now at this point. I'll get you some more if I can during the breaks. Uh, also, today was the the Supreme Court hearing of the Colorado case to uh, – remove trump from the ballot there and uh, it was about two and a half hours long and it was expected to last about 90 minutes and it lasted two and a half hours and I, I listened to it i sat through it there was audio that was live as it was going on and it does not look good based on the questioning for colorado and their removal of donald trump to stand Now, pending what their decision is, this could be a precedent-setting case that would affect Maine at this case and any other state that was thinking of doing this. But based on the questioning, even the most liberal justices on the court were very critical of Colorado and the Solicitor General for Colorado, who was uh, representing the Secretary of State, and kind of supportive of Trump's attorney— The only one that kind of tried to help Colorado as much as she could was uh, Justice Sotomayor. Questions were kind of all over the place, though, and even the legal experts that I've seen question it kind of said, you know, she was throwing some Hail Marys that really didn't make much sense. But Justice Sotomayor, Justice Jackson Brown um, were very— very critical of Colorado, so I would not be surprised and again, legal experts that I follow said they will not be likely surprised if this is a nine o decision in favor of of having Trump on the ballot in Colorado and depending on how that's worded and when it comes out it's uh it'll be a precedent setting case basically defining what the fourteenth the, the amendment does mean when it comes to that and the fact that it does not specifically enumerate and one of the questions even even uh, Justice Kagan pointed out that the 14th amendment specifically enumerates specific people, specific offices but does not name the president and Colorado's basically was like well that doesn't matter that it didn't say that It, it, it its intention was that And Justice Kagan specifically said, well, why would they go to the trouble of naming everyone else specifically, listing them, and leaving the president out purposely? And they really didn't have an answer for that. So Justice Kagan said, "Uh, you know, that just does not make sense to her. And Justice Kagan specifically asked the uh, Solicitor General for Colorado, what's your— stance on other states possibly doing the same and removing candidates, because there's about 10 states that have threatened to remove Joe Biden from their election as well. They did not name Biden specifically. Justice Kagan said, what's your stance of other states threatening to remove certain candidates from their ballot in a retaliation for this? And The Solicitor General basically said, well, it would go through their process in their state. And she goes, okay, and then what? And then it would go through their appeals process. She goes, okay, and then what? And then it would eventually end up here. Justice Kagan said, exactly. So is there going to be this tit for tat where, you know, we're going to let a state try and disenfranchise a nation, and then we're going to allow other states to retaliate by trying to disenfranchise the nation even further? With other candidates, maybe opposing candidates, and the solicitor general really did not have a, a, a an answer to that. But the legal experts that I follow, and again, you could probably find a two and a half hours audio of the back and forth. The final round was pretty much Chief Justice Roberts went through after there was the statements from Trump's attorney, and then the statements from Colorado and the solicitor general for the for the uh, Department of State for Colorado. And then a rebuttal by Trump's attorney, he went across uh, down the line of the Supreme Court justices and said, you know, do you have any further? And none of them did. And that's a bad sign. But the legal experts on both sides said that they would not be surprised if this was a 9-0 decision in favor of Donald Trump to returning him to the ballot in Colorado, stating that the state did not have the authority to remove him. Preemptively from the ballot. So that's where we stand there. And again, it it was unusual to have the full two and a half hours of audio on the case. It was good to hear the back and forth. If if you've never heard a case argued before the Supreme Court, I suggest you listen to it. It, It's very eye opening and enlightening how the questions get worded, how both justices go back and forth and chime in when they have additional questions on a topic that's brought up. It's it's how our system's supposed to work. But it was interesting to see that, uh, that from what I listened to, Justice Sotomayor was the only one that was attempting to throw any kind of Hail Mary. Everyone else was pretty critical of Colorado in general. But even Soda so- Sonia Sotomayor, Justice Sotomayor, was kind of all over the place, wasn't really narrow in her questioning. And, and that's what a lot of other people picked up. I'm not an attorney, but I picked up on it and a lot of other people picked up on it as well. So we're not sure when they will make a decision here and how it'll be a decision. The Colorado Supreme Court voted to remove Donald Trump for the from the ballot. So I would assume they're going to have to overturn that. They can't kick it back anywhere at this point because we're upon the election. So I would assume they're going to have to make some sort of decision Legal experts that I follow and that I see out there, even on CNN and MSNBC, said this did not look good. They would not be surprised if this was a 9-0 decision. And we'll see what happens, but it will be a precedent-setting case as far as states like Maine, who has also tried to do this, and some other states who have threatened to do it or are in the process of doing it. The difference here is Colorado has already rose through its appeals process to the Supreme Court of Colorado, where Maine's has not. So there'll be some back and forth where this will set the precedent. If Maine's decision does not get reversed or appealed during appeal, they would say, okay, based on the precedent setting case of Supreme Court, this case, you know, we'd have to say that this is not a possibility and overturn the decision to remove Donald Trump. So that's where that stands. So it appears that uh, both Joe Biden in the document case Uh, I'm looking now that the special counsel defined Biden in its documents as an elderly man. As justification to not bring charges to him against him. So like I was saying, um, in summary of what we were going to talk about this morning is uh, Joe Biden does not get charged in a documents case, classified documents case by the special counsel. And it appears that Trump will be on the ballot. Uh, Based on pending, I shouldn't say based on pending, an expected uh, overturning by the Supreme Court on the Colorado case to remove him from the ballot. So both live on. We move on from here with uh, Biden-Trump part deuce, right? That's just the way it'll go. What I was going to talk about first here, and I really don't have the time to really get into it now, is uh, the commissioners of Lackawanna County have unveiled a new ethics and conflict of interest policy with no wiggle room. There'll be no nepotism, new code of ethics. There'll be a final vote on February 21st on the new policy, and it's endorsed by all three commissioners as a priority of the majority commissioners Applies to all county personnel and employees, McGloin said of the new ethics code. It establishes protections for confidential information. It tightens the rules on vendors and bidders during the bid, RFP, and RFQ process. And this new policy prohibits nepotism in the county. Well, we'll see where it goes. This updates the 2008 Code of Ethics. A three-page document where this is a much more substantial document. Now it could be 80 pages. It doesn't really matter if they're not going to uh, follow it strictly. But we'll see. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Putting it in paper, putting it in writing is a good start. And we'll hold them accountable for it as we move forward. It's uh, 321 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, we talked about We broke it while well, it was happening yesterday. But those two officers... That were wounded by gunfire in a suburban Philadelphia home uh, that was gutted by fire. And again, uh, I checked this before I came in. I'm sure they've sifted through more of the rubble, but it was unknown if there was a confirmed child shot. That's what his original original call was for. Yeah, here we go now. A family. I just got the updated information. I'm glad I looked it up for you. A uh, family of three adults and three children are presumed dead following a house fire and shooting that wounded two officers in East Lansdow, Delaware County. District Attorney Jack Stolsteimer said investigators entered the home on Lewis Avenue on Thursday and found the torso of identified person as well as a rifle. Earlier that day, he cautioned that the recovery process would be lengthy, again, because of the extent the entire house burnt down to ashes, so... Finding remains was going to be difficult. This is going to take a while. We're going to be very safe, he said. This is a recovery operation. There's nobody alive inside that burned-out hulk of a house. He said uh, six people were unaccounted for following the fire and believed to be dead. He did not reveal their full names but said they were all members of uh, the same family. source told NBC News the eldest child in the family attended Penwood High School while the two other children attended Penwood Middle School in East Lansdale Elementary School. The, Penn, the William Penn School District sent a message to the local school community on Thursday. Like all of you, we are at a loss regarding the horrific tragedy that happened in East Lansdowne yesterday and how this will affect our community. We are still waiting additional information, as ongoing police investigation, a district spokesman said. Our focus is now providing support to our students and staff. Counselors will be available today. For those who need someone to talk to, we have reached out to the DCIU to provide additional counseling resources, if necessary. You and your family need additional support. Please contact your school principal or counselor. This is a time where we need to be there for each other and per- provide assurance, reassurance for our students. Impossible to make sense of what occurred. If there are any further developments, we'll let you know. The two officers were responding to a report of a child being shot at the home. The ordeal began yesterday, about 3:47, when police responded to a report of an 11-year-old girl being shot at the Lewis Avenue in East Lansdowne. When the officers arrived at the scene, a gunman inside the home immediate opened fire. I was there. A cop came flying around the corner, Sharon Johnson, across, a crossing guard who witnessed the shooting, told NBC10. He got out, and then he's in front of the house talking to two people, and then all of a sudden I heard six or seven gunshots. Cops got down on the ground, and I ran and took off. One of the officers who was shot once in the leg while another officer was shot once in the left arm. Responding Upper Darby Derby, police officers dragged both of the wounded officers to safety as the gunman continued to fire. It was because the Upper Darby Police Department, who also responded at the call that these officers are alive today, the district attorney stated. They were dragged out of danger by Upper Darby Police officers. Upper Darby Police Superintendent said his officers got one of the injured officers into a patrol car and drove him to Penn Presbyterian Hospital in Philadelphia. The other Upper Darby officers dragged the second injured officer to an ambulance, which took him to Penn Presbyterian. Our uniformed patrol responded and saw two officers and advised our officers that they had been shot. Our officers, numerous officers, responded, got ballistic shields, and were able to go onto the street and drag those officers out. One of the officers was released from the hospital Thursday afternoon. Officer Meehan, who was underwent surgery to his arm, is still being treated and could be released either later today, Thursday, or Friday. Both officers are 22-year veterans and expected to recover. Again, the entire house erupted into flames right after the shots took place. Firefighters were unable to uh, initially fight the raising flames due to the active shooter situation. Officers were taking gunfire, police officers and fire department who were out there. There's still some shots coming out from the beginning of the fire scene. The entire block was evacuated as more police, firefighters, and SWAT team arrived at the location. The gunfire eventually stopped around 6 p.m. Wednesday. The fire was mostly under control, though there was still smoke. During another news conference Wednesday night, District Attorney revealed six people who lived inside the home, later identified, were unaccounted for on Thursday. He said those three adults and three children were believed to be dead. Two surviving members of the family, the grandparents of the children, were outside the home at the time of the shooting and fire. Investigators are still unsure if the gunman was a member of the family or someone else. They continue to investigate and searched through the remains of the home to recover the bodies. And again, if you saw, there was a fully engulfed fire in the home while the shooting was taking place. And uh, as soon as the shooting was deemed terminated, fire department can, uh, surrounded the house and tried to, what they call, surround and drown from a distance because there was no going into the house. It was fully engulfed. The second floor, the attic already collapsed into the first floor, and if, it just looks like a pile of rubble for a fully engulfed fire if you look at a half picture of the house today. But uh, it appears a family of six, including three children, tragically. And hope, hopefully we find out some more on why something would, like this would happen. Obviously, there's some kind of domestic and mental issue here where you would possibly kill your own family and then set up police when they respond to uh, become an active shooter situation and set your house on fire. Tragic situation right outside of Philadelphia here in Delaware County. It's 3.31 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 3.37 here, 53 degrees and sunny outside. I just want to give you a heads up. At the 4 o'clock hour, I'm going to have Laura Reese on. She's the Director of Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation and former Department of Homeland Security acting deputy chief of staff. She's going to be talking about how uh, illegal immigration is affecting uh, districting for our representation in Washington. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that. That's the 4 o'clock hour. Also, to follow up on yesterday, uh, the five Marines, U.S. Marines, that were in that helicopter that went missing in California uh, just northwest of San Diego, all five Marines have been pronounced deceased. So that's a sad news coming out of San Diego and for our Marine community. Uh, CH-53 is uh, similar to Marine One. If if you've never seen the military version of that helicopter, it's the same Sikorsky-type helicopter. And in some uh, snowy weather over the mountaintops there, and again, those mountain peaks are at about 10,000 feet, so it's it's not an an easy trek for uh, helicopters, even a a big uh, hefty helicopter like a CH-53 heavy lift. But uh, unfortunately... They uh, did make it to that crash scene, and all five U.S. Marines were confirmed dead. So it's uh, sad news coming from our Marine Corps community. Reading up on this uh, special counsel's report, and it is pretty damning to Joe Biden. Not that there won't be charges filed. uh, There won't be. But I, I have one of the pages of the document here, and this is coming from the special counsel. In his interview with our office Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, if it was 2013 when did I stop being vice president he asked. And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. In 2009 I am still vice president he recalled. He did not remember even within several years when his son Beau died and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said that he had a real difference of opinion with one of the generals, Carl Eckenberry, when in fact Eckenberry was an ally to whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. In a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of classified Afghanistan documents, After the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law, we expect that a trial, his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. That's just one page. Um, As I'm reading more, it's more and more damning that the special counsel basically classified, to put it in a nutshell, Biden as a confused old man. That's literally their defense for not charging him in this document. And if that's the case, how does he continue to run for a second term as the president of the United States? That's going to be the question asked, and it should be the question asked more sternly by Democrats who have a severe choice right now. You have an official special counsel under this president report that basically says the reason they will not Criminally charged Joe Biden is because he's a forgetful old man that did not recall much. And how are they going to prove that he willfully had these documents when he doesn't even know where when his son passed away? So that's some, uh, some interesting stuff coming out. Special counsel also said President Biden's memory appears to have significant limitations. Here's another page from the the report. Mr. Biden's memory also appeared to have significant limitations, both at the time he spoke to the investigator in 2017 as evidenced by their recorded conversations and today as evident by his recorded interview with our office. Mr. Biden's recorded conversation in 2017 are awful, often painfully slow with Mr. Biden struggling to remember events and straining at times to read and relay his own notebook entries. In his review with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting the first day of the interview when his term ended. Again, that goes back to what I just read. So this added that additional paragraph in the front where the investigator, the special counsel, said that Mr. Biden's memory also appeared to have significant limitations. Uh, this does not look good. Again, no criminal charges will be filed, but th- this definitely raises questions. And again, it's being, it's being referred to as special counsel calls Biden an elderly man with poor memory in a report in his handling of classified documents. That's the summary. Um, I'll dig a little bit more into it. But uh, this is not a, not uh, not good, not good at all. It might some might say, well, it helped him not getting charged in this case. Yes, but how does he continue to run for president of the United States? That's that's the other hand here. How do Democrats, after this report comes out, say, yeah, this is our guy? Just incredible, scary, scary to say the least. It's uh, 343 here at WILK. We'll be back in just a minute. It's time for the NEPA Premium Perks. Enjoy this half off deal for the Breakout Escape Room. Get a four pack of tickets for just $48. Half price. If you enjoy problem solving, puzzles, games, and being your own detective, you'll love it. Rooms include The Last Chance Saloon 2.0, Detective Academy, Freak Show, Mission, Colossal where you need to find the last dinosaur egg and the newest room. Rewind time back to the 2000s. Book your room now, located at 618 Blackman Street in Wilkes-Barre. Visit GetMyPerks.com for all the details. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio here. Um, The Her Report, which is the Special Counsel Report here, I'm digging into it a little further. The Special Counsel writes... uh, that Biden's practices present serious risk to national security and that Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified material after his vice presidency. Willfully retained and disclosed classified material after his presidency. There, This report also shows more pictures of where documents were found. Now, we've all seen the picture of, um, you know, in front of his Corvette, the boxes in his garage. But there were also boxes next to the dog bed. Some of these uh, documents included classified information about Afghanistan, the report says. And again, there's multiple pictures of where where um, these documents were found. File cabinet under the teleware, um, file cabinet under the, d- the television in the Delaware Homes main floor office, Garage box in the uh, in the garage. The Delaware garage. More documents in the Delaware garage. File cabinet under printers in the Delaware home's main office floor, containing three si- uh, three seized notebooks. Again, it's and there's next to a dog bed, and you can clearly see a dog bed next to this box. Again, no fi- no charges are being filed, but this document, for everything I'm reading, calls into question Joe Biden's mental state. The White House has released a statement they're saying from President Joe Biden, but based on this report, we kind of doubt it. The special counsel released today its findings about its look into my holding of classified documents. I was pleased to see they reached the conclusion I believed all along they would reach, that there would be no charges brought in this case, and the matter is now closed. This was an exhaustive investigation going back more than 40 years, even into the 1970s when I was a young senator. I cooperated completely, threw up no roadblocks, and sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give the special counsel what they needed that I went forward with five hours of in-person interviews over two days— in October 8th and 9th of last year, even though Israel had just been attacked on October 7th and I was in the middle of handling an internal crisis. I just believe that that I owed the American people so they could know no charges would be brought and the matter closed. Over my career of public service, I have always worked to protect American security. I take this issue seriously, and no one has ever questioned that. Time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3:53 here, 53 degrees and sunny on this Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Do you remember when Comey gave the uh, press conference about the Hillary Clinton classified documents that they found on her, basically saying that yeah, she had classified documents that the it was a violation of law, but no reasonable prosecutor. Remember that quote: "No reasonable prosecutor would prosecute this case." That was James Comey's stance on it. Uh, not bringing it to a grand jury to decide, not doing any of that. Him as the head of the FBI said no reasonable prosecutor would would uh, prosecute this case. And that was concerning Hillary Clinton. Well, in this report, here's the conclusion from special counsel Her, who says, We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with poor memory. So that's the reason they're not prosecuting this case, because he would present himself to a jury as a, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with poor memory. Do we really want a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with poor memory as our commander-in-chief of the United States of America with the codes to our nuclear weapons? Stop the madness. Stop it. It's time to move on. Come on. Go to the phone, and you can call or text at five seven zero eight eight three zero zero nine eight. Let me go to the phone. We have uh,
1: Jack from Scranton on the documents. Jack, you can't you can't hold him uh, accountable. Here's what, how you have to hold him accountable. Number one, he did this eight or nine years ago when he was a senator and then when he was a vice president, and he shouldn't have had any of those documents. So how did he get them? There should have been uh, an investigation on how he got them to begin with, and the Congress should open their own investigation and find out why they're, they keep sweeping this stuff under the rug. Do you understand what I mean?
0: No, no, I stand exactly. But they've already kind of preempted that because the director of the National Archives has already admitted that this has been a widespread pro- problem for multiple administrations. So if that's the case, how are they charging Donald Trump? And I Trump, understand yeah. why, because they asked him for the documents and he didn't give them back. That's why they're focusing on him, and that's going to be their excuse for focusing on him.
1: Well here here's another one. All right, there's an insurrection they're saying that Trump was in, involved in. Trump said go peaceful and don't, you know, don't argue, don't fight. All right. He was never charged with anything yet, but still they're trying to find him accountable for something that hearsay, you know what I mean? He said, she said or something like that. And the funny part about it is Hillary washed all of her documents and she admitted that she washed all the documents and she was under um, <clears throat> a subpoena from uh, Or is it the Congress? So I guess they could get away with whatever they want. You know what I mean? It's, well, there's two different sets of rules.
0: Well, that's the that's the that's what I just brought up here in this case. Yeah. When Comey came out with Hillary Clinton, after she got a subpoena and after it was proven that she whitewashed or bleach bit or whatever they did to those documents, smashed them with hammers, you know, there's a whole whole list of things she did. He said, he basically, Comey said, yes, she did these things, but no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute this case. And in this case, you have the special counsel again here saying, you know, We've considered that the Joe Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory, so they doubt a, a conviction will come out of it, so they're just not charging him.
1: But then again, you can call these people, these prosecutors, unreasonable prosecutors, you get it? Unreasonable, not reasonable, and not only that, what's next? Is Hunter Biden going to get away with tax evasion? You know what I mean? He hired all these guys, these extra agents, to go out and find out that if me and you you owe a couple dollars more extra to the IRS, right? The little guy. And his son's getting away with millions of dollars. That's okay. The family. How about the little kids who have uh, businesses in your name?
0: Well, I mean, at, at this point, at this point, I think the focus. Take the focus. Hunter Biden's a thug. He's a he's a criminal. He he's a lowlife. Well, we know that. Take all that aside. You have a special prosecutor saying that our current president, who is running for a second term, does not have the mental wherewithal to face a trial, to face criminal well, you know charges, what? but yet he could still be the president of the United States
1: but well, you know what the republicans got to do they got to get that and they have to put that in their ads and they say do you want this guy to be your president he was already an idiot to begin with so oh th- this this, this is just the other way? this can is just the coming
0: this is just coming today so it's it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting how they again this is just breaking as i started my show here i'm trying to get it to you guys as quick as i can it's going to be interesting to read the entire special uh, report Here, but from what I'm reading so far, it does not look even though criminal charges are not pending, he's not going to be be criminal charged. He's skating on that. This definitely damages him running for a second term. Jack, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Let me get to the phone here. We have uh, Pat from Scranton on Joe Biden. Pat, I got about uh, two minutes.
2: uh, Hey, yeah, hey, real quick. Um, uh, Nice to talk again. Um, uh, And thank you for your service, as always. And, um, you know, if he's a sympathetic, uh, uh, forgetful man, why isn't this a bipartisan um, issue? Um, why 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 should the Democrats be not looking into their uh, presumptive um, uh, uh, candidate um, to go against whoever the or Demi- uh, the uh, Republican nominee is? I mean, we're talking about somebody who can't forget, and, like you said, has his finger on the on uh, the nuclear button. Um, this should be a bipartisan, you know, Review of this 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 trial hearing this this court this this court ruling, um, you know this. Well, is, it's not a, it's is, not a court. This, it's this a special. Stuff.
0: It's a special counsel's uh, investigation. Uh, that's all it is. Uh, it's their recommendation here. I I think Democrats have to take a serious look on who they're going to put forth for president. I mean this this is damaging. It it basically shows he doesn't have the mental wherewithal to face a trial. How is he going to well, run for president? How is he going to be president?
2: You can see that on the news every time he's on the news. Well, you,
0: you, when I, you and I see that they failed to, but now it's it's a, a Biden administration special prosecutor that has basically said this out loud in writing in an official document. Now they have to answer to it.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I just, my point is, it should be bipartisan because this is this is a very damning uh, report, and I, and I think that. Um, you know, it should be a bipartisan look into. Um those those are damaging words uh for the country, um and they're scary in the, the world they are. that we live in these days.
0: We're gonna have to leave okay, it there, I'll Pat. See. Thanks. Thank you.